you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. So now... Uh, after discussion, after months, after weeks, after negotiation, after a ruling, and then waiting for Peter C. Harvey to rule in place of Roger Goodell, it is now over. Deshaun Watson not going to take the NFL to court. The NFL not going to have to listen to these headlines over and over throughout the season. There is a settlement, 11 games, $5 million fine. Deshaun Watson should be back against his old team, the Houston Texans, in Week 13. Welcome to Around the NFL. Dan Hansis with Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler. There you heard it from Ian Rappaport. It's the biggest news story of the day, and we're going to talk about it, whether we want to or not. And this is a, a story that Deshaun Watson desperately wanted to go away, a story that Cleveland Browns desperately wanted to go away. And today, Thursday, through their actions, I think we learned that the NFL made a calculated decision. It was in their best interest to make this sordid story go away, Greg. And yet, because of the way the day played out, and I believe the length of the suspension, which felt insufficient, insufficient and disappointing, I don't think it's going away. And I've talked about this from day one, remorse. And that ended up being, I think, a big theme of of what the day was all about, the total lack of remorse from Deshaun Watson and his agent, that he believes he still did nothing wrong, and he threw in some sort of word salad that he apologized to anyone uh, that he hurt, but ultimately he didn't recognize, and I don't think the NFL ultimately recognized the the scope of his problem. Like, they think think of the scope of, of his problem, like everything it, it affected. First, the women, of course, um, and, and all the pain that he caused. And there was some talk like, well, it only ended up being four women that that they talked about in the actual, you know, suspension. But that was four women, and they and they proved it, and it was and it was predatory behavior. Um, but think of everything else he caused. He he was on top of the world, had just gotten a huge contract from the Texans. He didn't play football last season. He didn't. He's not going to play football for the first eleven games of this season. He has caused everyone who is in his orbit to answer for him daily and make their jobs all about him 
for the last X amount of months. That That's the scope of the problem that he has that he's still not admitting is a problem. And I, I just think it's going to be harder to move forward because of the way that he spoke. And I, I have a feeling if he said that he felt like he did nothing wrong and he maintained his innocence, I don't think he would have gotten 11 games. I don't think they would have settled. I think the way he even acted today already should be having the NFL feeling some remorse of their own. All right, let's hear from Deshaun Watson once news broke of the final punishment. I've always uh, stood on my innocence and always said that I've never assaulted anyone or disrespected anyone, and I'm continuing to stand on that. But at the same time, I have to continue to push forward with my life and my career. And for us to be able to move forward, you know, I have to be able to take steps and put pride to the side. And uh, I'm going to continue to stand on my innocence and, and keep pushing forward. And I've always, you know, stood on not disrespecting or sexual assaulting anyone. And then Greg, Mary Kay Cabot then, who's covered the Browns forever, followed up with a question to Watson. You're going to take a lot of heat for I stand on my innocence. I mean, I'm already seeing it uh, all over social media. So you know, what, what is going to be your response to that when the world comes down on you for standing on your innocence throughout this process? Well, I have to do what, what's best for Deshaun Watson at the end of the day. And I know what happened. Um, <laughs> I was in those situations, but I have to continue to push forward and keep moving forward. There was another question, and they, they were not letting him off the hook that asked, well, then what are you, who are you apologizing for? And what are you apologizing for? For everyone that was affected about this situation. There was a lot of people that was triggered. But not the women that accused you of this? I've apologized to all women. So anybody that was affected, even yourself, every, everything. So I'm apologizing to everyone that was affected about this whole situation. So he, he alludes to people that were triggered by it, but not uh, saying that he did anything wrong. And I, I think the mixed messaging from him and his agent, his agent tweeted out something, David Mulligetta, and, and I do want to just kind of get into his involvement of this in a minute, David Mulligetta, because I think he was the crucial person in this entire um, ordeal uh, other than Deshaun Watson. But he, he tweeted out, being upset with the the ruling, being upset with Judge Robinson and saying that Judge Robinson, Sue Robinson, who who put the initial six games on Deshaun Watson, um, had made her decision before they even had the first call that had mentioned Deshaun's pattern of behavior. And there was another report from ESPN's Deanna Rossini, which is that Deshaun Watson and his camp were, were very upset that they got this 11 games because they maintain that he did absolutely nothing wrong. And so that... Lack of contrition makes it very difficult for me to think about the moving forward. Jimmy Haslam said, like, we believe in second chances. But you believe in second chances if you admit that you did something wrong. He specifically mentioned, look how well Kareem Hunt uh, has worked out for the Browns. And and what a great player Deshaun Watson is, which I, I don't think you need to mention that in this setting. But how is there a second chance if you're saying your behavior, um, which again, caused you to pay all this money to these 20 women, all this money uh, that the Houston Texans, by the way, had to pay in settlements, all of this because Deshaun Watson has a problem and he doesn't seem remotely interested in addressing that problem. And I do wonder if the NFL is looking at today's statement because part of the deal is he's supposed to try to address his problem. And if they 
I don't know if they can reconsider or or consider and and throw into the evidence how he's reacting to this. Do you really think the NFL, though, uh, Mark, I'll ask you this question. Do you think the NFL, after making this, this is a very calculated decision to try to essentially put this to bed, um, would take anything that happened today and reopen the can of worms? I think they want to move on from this, even if they're disappointed the way Watson handled it. They absolutely will not. This is sealed up now. And it's exactly what they wanted. And Greg, everything that you say, I agree with. I think when you talk about, we've all had second chances in life. And like, I, I would hope that when, it, when we've gotten them, you learn from them. Not always. And sometimes you're asking for a third, maybe. But this is different than a second chance. That, that narrative really stuck with me because of his lack of contrition. Because he talks about accountability. I see no accountability. I see high cynicism. And I don't think the league will do a single thing at this point. And I, I think the problem a little bit is that we we choose to cover a sports league that is highly cynical. It's hard. It's absolutely hard to square. And one thing that I thought, and maybe this had been part of the Browns messaging, and I had missed it to this point, but when you have D Haslam, uh, wife of Jimmy Haslam, the co-owners, co-owners of the Brown facing the media today, and they're asking D and Jimmy directly, like, how do you square up the apologies that we've heard and the, the team statements and the Watson statements with him coming up to a podium and saying, I, I did nothing wrong. I stand on my innocence. And then Dee Haslam went down a road where she was saying, like, this is going to take time. This is going to take accountability. It's going to take therapy, uh, therapy. And it's like, that's kind of letting Watson and the Browns off the hook by saying the reason why now he's showing no con- contrition uh, and, and disrespecting the victims of this is because he's not there yet emotionally. Well, but but he's there enough for you to give him a record-setting contract and put him back on the field in December. That that to me stands out as out of bounds and not the right way to play this situation from a human standpoint. From a team that from the word go when they made this decision to pay him the money they paid him to bring him to trade him to Cleveland, that they said the Cleveland Browns, we vetted this heavily. We researched this heavily. We're comfortable with this. How could you be? I just I think that that's the major disconnect. They were also asked about the fans that feel have been affected by this, that have said, I can't root for the Browns. And there's a lot of them. It's a, it's a subsection of that fan base, no doubt about it. And their response to that, to me, felt pie in the sky too, which was, well, we hope in time they'll come back. And I think that's what this is all about, hoping that by the time Deshaun Watson's suspension ends, and especially into next offseason and next season, that like everything Winning. else, we'll forget about it. Because, by the way, we talk about players. I'm, no, I'm not equating him to other players that have uh, you know, made major errors in their lives and hurt other people, but we do talk about other players all the time without reviewing the stuff they did. It does wash away. And, and Greg, as much as I want to believe that people won't forget about this. I think the problem with covering sports and with sports in general in the NFL is, yes, they will. I mean, it'll be just in the context of it. Today's the day we're going to talk about it. People didn't forget about Ben Roethlisberger. I, I think that... No, but it's like deep in the context. Right. It's, it's not It's not. Look, ex- Browns, it's not a drum beat. Browns fans are, are past it, but I think on this day specifically, the fact that Some he, Browns fans. he answered... That, that's fair. Um, yeah, at least the ones in my mention. Right. Uh, a lot of them want to move on from it. But the fact that on this day that he answered Mary Kay's question uh, about people uh, not being con- you know, convinced and being upset with his lack of apology and literally his answer, his <laughs> words were, I have to do what's best for Deshaun Watson. And 
I, I know the last like place here um, that we're supposed to go for empathy here is for Deshaun Watson. That's not where I'm coming from when, when I'm about to say this, but I don't think the people around Deshaun Watson are looking out for Deshaun Watson. Like I was saying, like th- this problem that he has has caused so much pain. And whether you want to like talk about it or not, it's it's caused a lot of pain in his life too and, and, and made his life miserable. And yet no one really seems concerned about addressing who he is as a human. And that's why I brought up the, the NFL part of the issue because I, I do think Roger Goodell and the NFL was sincere about wanting him to be suspended for a year. The initial... Um, decision came back. They ended up, re- you know, landing on this settlement because they couldn't have been totally, you know, convinced how it would have ended. You, you, I don't need to get into that. That's guesswork. But this is Roger Goodell's press release. He said, "Quote: Deshaun has committed to doing the hard work on himself that is necessary to return to the NFL. This settlement requires compliance with professional evaluation, a treatment plan." a significant fine and a more substantial suspension. So he he put that front and center. And I think it has to be disappointing uh, from the NFL's perspective to see what Watson did today, what his agent continues to do uh, by fighting it. Because whether you, you think this is all cynical or not cynical at all, it's obviously in some respects a public relations issue. That's why that's why we all pay this money for public relations and and it is. And and the 11 games is ultimately unsatisfying and I think disappointing because it's muddled. It it's like an unclear it's a half measure. Exact it's an unclear ending and then his contribution to it today I think really makes it unclear and I think that has to be frustrating for the league office. Can't we agree that from a public relations angle that sealing this up now is better for the league. I'm, I'm not saying I wa- I don't agree with this, but I think if you're the league, did you want a court case dragging on right, it's deep not, in December? That, it's not that, just about the outcome why, of the court right. case. It's about the fact that the story would go on into the season. Well, that, and that, that would be part a, of the That's L assuming well. that it would have, uh, you know, the, the appeal should have been heard any day now. So we should have found out if the if the NFL was not willing to negotiate here, we would have found out about the appeal soon. It's August 18th. It w- it would have happened soon. What you're what you're talking about is the federal case and and who we're not smart enough to know. Some smart people believe it never would have gotten that far. Some people think it would. Does it sound like the Browns? Does it sound like the Sean Watson and his representatives would not have kept fighting? If this right. went a different oh, way, absolutely. I think they but absolutely it, w- it would have been up to a judge. Well, let's say it's a fifteen percent chance, it. Greg. Like right. they don't, they did not want that. They did not want to gamble on that fifteen percent chance. That's my take on it. That they did not want this the, becoming the, the NFL, thing we talked about all season. The NFL, they could be disappointed about the things that were said today after this press release dropped, but they can't be surprised because Watson was laying the breadcrumbs the whole time. And right. He, he. It's just, it's just frustrating. Be, I, I think if if Watson was interested in addressing this head on at any point, like we wouldn't have been banging this drum. And and anyone who's in our mentions or or is upset about hearing the reactions of it, like it's it's all about that. It, it, he he could have addressed this head on at any point. Even today, he said he didn't want to speak on the fairness of the suspension because he wanted to protect his piece. Essentially, he's not ready for the smoke that would come his way. And and 
but before, like, if we're going to move on, the Mulligetta thing, I, I know we've talked about it in the offseason, but I really do believe the timing of how everything happened was absolutely orchestrated because Deshaun Watson had the most powerful agent that it, that is in the game right now that has made a, a huge move in the last year or two and that absolutely has friendships and relationships with virtually the entire national media who is reporting on that. And, and that affected the timeline of all this happening so he could get his guaranteed money back in March before all the quarterback spots were filled. And it does affect the reporting of it because this was treated as a both-sides situation when if you just read the civil cases, there wasn't much uh, both sides to it. And, that, and that's it. Yep. I hear that. And one thing I wanted to say, Greg, you had sent out a tweet this morning that Watson and Mulgetta and had played the Browns on some level in terms of negotiations. And I think you could say that. And certainly um, the fact that he's missing most of the season, but not all the season is something maybe if the Browns knew that the terms with the Texans wouldn't be as extreme as they were. But I still look at this, something I said on the show when Sue Robinson's decision came out, that the a big winner of this is the Browns. And and it made me think about, and I mean this from their perspective. Right. Um, uh, when you look at this whole story and even the Browns, just the organizational path, when they needed to find a way out of the Baker relationship, there's Deshaun Watson as an option. Then they beat out all the competition for this generationally talented QB. And there was competition. We forget that now. We put it all on the Browns, but there were a lot of teams that wanted a piece of Deshaun Watson, even with all this out there. Then the Browns were able to navigate past the criminal investigation. Checkmark. Then they navigate past the civil lawsuits. Checkmark. Then they navigate past the indefinite or full-year suspension. Checkmark. And in October, this guy's back in the building. In November, he's practicing with the team. And in December, he is the QB1 for the Cleveland Browns for four and a half years. And you could say they've taken a nasty PR hit and they've lost really good fans like Mark. Uh, But when the Browns stand in front of the media today and and gut that out, they'll take the L there because they got what they want in the end. I I totally agree. And I I see where you're coming from, Greg. But I, I think the Browns, Jimmy Haslam said it. He absolutely would have done this again. And, and that's maybe one of the few things that he said that I believe. Uh, I, I think the Browns knew that a big suspension was coming. I don't think they got played by the agent. I really don't. Well, I, I really don't, Greg, because I think this, this was – you have to remember, this was their mission. They were going to get them. I mean, you, you don't get – even if you got into this race, if you were the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons, they took a PR hit. You, they lost that race, and they took the PR hit. The Browns got it. They got their quarterback. They were the only ones willing to give the guaranteed money, and I think that was, I think that was telling back then. And, and what I mean by that uh, is, and I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought it up, Dan, was that if you knew then that he was going to be suspended 11 games, I don't think he gets that guaranteed money. I don't think he gets that contract. I think, but then, deal, he doesn't, then he doesn't go think, there. I don't think that te- he, maybe he does go there. The contract is different. I think the trade terms are different. And why I say that I, I think they got played is, and this is where I had problems with the coverage of it. The agent convinced the Browns and much of the media that there wasn't going to be the suspension. They, they as recently as Two months ago, Mike Florio, my old boss, who's done a great job uh, covering this story from like a legal perspective, thought there was a good chance Deshaun Watson wouldn't be suspended at all. Like the 
Watson camp, and there has been many sourced articles said this, I think successfully convinced teams that the suspension was going to be minimal. And I think the expectation as recently as a month ago or so was that it would be four or six games. And that's all I mean, that it eventually all would have happened. But I think the context of it, the fact that he got fully guaranteed, the fact that the Texans got all those picks, I, I think would have been different if it, people had the idea that it that basically you're throwing the season away. Can I just say one thing about the Cleveland away. Browns, though, versus yes. had it been the New Orleans Saints and what that contract would have looked like, or the Falcons, where Deshaun Watson had ties with the Falcons. They reportedly Fal- weren't willing to go as far, to well, your that, point. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like, agent or not, um, suspension or not, I mean, there's no one, no one in the Browns building thought he's not going to get suspended at all. I, I get right. that that was a possible reality based on you know precedent, etc., but if you're if you want to be the Browns and you want to think about the deal, you're thinking there is a very likely, very high likelihood that he misses a bunch of games this season. They're not looking at this season. This was never about this season. And he went out, he dropped the Browns out of the race. They fell out of the derby for him. Right. They came back in because of the money. And it's not unlike a lot of teams when you're not in Miami, not in New Orleans, not in Atlanta, you've got to pay to get someone into your building, and that's what they did. I think that's part of it. It's it's not right. just the 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 agent snowed them under. I mean, that's not Andrew Barry did not get snowed under by the agent entirely. I just don't. I, and buy I don't that. know how like ultimately the Andrew Barry uh, how much his decision making ultimately mattered in all of this. I mean, I, I don't feel like a lot or and, Kevin Stefanski. And that's sort of what I mean. Where I totally agree. I think it was a really good point, Dan, what you said about the Browns and how they're looking at today. But when I think the Browns, I think of ownership and the and the organization because there's a very realistic. Um, possibility that this is a Pyrrhic victory for Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski and that this ruins their careers. If they don't make the playoffs with Deshaun Watson next year, not only will they be fired like all the former GMs and coaches that have been from the, the, uh, with the Browns, uh, but this will be on them forever. You know, and and that and that is part of it. Is that's part of the calculated risk. And on top of it, the next GM and coach can come in without this on them. Right, and if they get somewhat of a clean start, even if Watson's still in the building. But there's there's that one by the fact that it's eleven games, right? He gets to come back, and it's against the Texans, which, which is again not very, a good look. I don't know. Terrible. There had to be conversations internally by the league about whether that was something they wanted to get involved with. They they did though. But you look at it. He comes back. If they could tread water, the Browns and hang around 500, they can make a push this season. And they have the Bengals, the Ravens, the Steelers in those last five or six weeks of the season. And man, there's also a scenario where the Browns. And I know this seems impossible, but crazier things that happened have happened have 75,000 people in their building in January going nuts in a playoff game right. and, with and, Deshaun and, Watson as the starting quarterback this year. Sure. Like the most anti-Cinderella story that has ever been created by the NFL. <laughs> Unbelievable. Let's take a break. <laughs> we'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have 
Hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right. It's time for a palate cleanser. That, let's not even bring up that name for the rest of the show. How about that? Why don't we talk about the 2022 season? Let's talk ball. Okay. We, guys, we had a we rundown. We had a seg ready for this Thursday. We're going to do it. You're We're not gonna taking away it. our joy. This is the best time you of year can't. for football. You can't take it away. We're excited for the start of a new season. And uh, there are many, many players in our league who are also extremely excited for the chance to rebound coming off a difficult 2021 season. So why don't we, as our palate cleanser, because mm-hmm. God knows – we need a palate cleanser. Let us talk about some players that jump out to us as real, attractive, rebound candidates in 2022. Greg, do you want to get us going? I thought you were just going to give like a history of you being on the rebound and like different rebound examples <laughs> in life. Uh, it is very important in life to rebound because there are always going to be disappointments and setbacks. And the people who stay down don't, and don't try to get back up. That's a sad thing, mm. but it happens a lot in the world. Yeah, it does. I, I, was, hope, get back I up. was hoping that Mark would go first because I, I feel like we all interpreted this exercise differently and I wanted to hear Mark. But I'm excited um, to throw out my first rebound candidate. Okay. Because he's a man that shouldn't even be needing to rebound. Like there should. This is Geno Smith. I'm literally no, walking I'm, out I'm of the studio. I'm like, Who haven't we talked state? about <laughs> enough uh, on this show lately? This is a man who, in his first season as starter in the NFL, won the MVP award. In the second year of his starting in the NFL, won the Super Bowl MVP award. Yet the person to my left, Mark Sessler, is over here saying that some other guy in his own division is the Michael Jordan of the NBA. Get out of here with that Jordan stuff, Sessler. This guy's already done it. Two days in a row with this nonsense? In his third season, oh, he lost in the Super Bowl. Oh, sorry. In his fourth season, 
oh my gosh, he was outside of the top five quarterbacks in the QB index for a little while. Like, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. Everything went so bad that he put up a 40-burger on the Steelers in the playoffs and then did it again the next week on the top-ranked Bills defense to get to the AFC championship. That man, of course, is Patrick Mahomes and all of the doom and gloom about Tyreek Hill. And that I like is how the you, Michael Jordan, like by that, the way. Right. I like how you, you you stop short of getting to the next week's playoff game in your build-up here. Go <laughs> no, I mean, that was a rough end. A rough end. Uh, yeah, a rough end. A rough end. <laughs> and that is what he's rebounding from because I'm not pretending like last season was Patrick Mahomes at his best. It was easily his worst season as a pro. And by that, I mean he was like the seventh or eighth best you know, quarterback in the regular season and definitely had some down moments. But I think it's easy to forget what he was before that. And to me, and Wes and I got an argument about this, calling him the Michael Jordan, that he was the closest. I'm remembering we're having the same arguments we've had on this show back in the day. He is that guy. And I think there's this... We're tabling Jordan comments as well. <laughs> He's that guy because... You kind of put him now in a mix with the other guys, you know, Josh Allen and, and Joe Burrow and Herbert, and, and that's fine. To me, he's, he's, he's unique. He's special. And there were reasons that they struggled last year, and there's reasons now with Tyreek Hilgon to think like it's not going to work. I, I don't believe that. If I'm picking one guy to go win the MVP this year and to show that he is different than all these other young quarterbacks and is playing by uh, behind an offensive line that's going to give him a good running game and protect him, and he's going to do the thing that Tom Brady does and Aaron Rodgers does, and he's going to make some receivers that aren't as highly touted look better because that's the kind of dude he is. He's going all the way with his rebound. Well, I can think of another quarterback that for most of his career – uh, played with what would consider a lesser cast of talented wide receivers around him, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. as opposed to someone like Peyton Manning. I think last year, part of it is almost any football fan would agree with your assessment of Patrick Mahomes that he is extremely special and unlike any other quarterback we've seen. Really out on a limb on this one. So so when he struggled, though, when the team was struggled, right? <laughs> I think it was the Jordan thing that I was just like, wait a second, Patrick Mahomes but is right here. I need to respond immediately. I, it was a little <laughs> precious last year when people were – Tist tist for wondering what was going on with the Chiefs because they did look different. They were there were there were there was a slump going on and it wasn't just Patrick Mahomes. Oh, absolutely. That's why it's a rebound, right? But now, I think now actually a lot of people have come around. I, I don't hear they're doomed because they don't have Tyreek Hill at this point because the, the off season is forty five thousand years long. Mm. Most people now are like, oh, Andy Reid. He's so creative. Him and Mahomes can figure themselves out of any issue. How about they're, that ten and a half over under though? A half more than uh, I don't the base Broncos. Our, I, that doesn't a half more than the, the Chargers. That's the public though. That, I know, but like, the, the over unders in That's general. That's a lack of respect. What was the to highest me. over under? Never been what, under twelve. What, what was the highest over under of any team this season? Uh, good question. I think it was the, eleven and a half. They're not Bills far off. The, the Bills and the Bills. They're not far yeah. off. I think. I think it's. Ju- I think that just makes it a spicier uh, I, play for betters. You listen. I love Patrick Mahomes. I love watching him play. Well, you don't think I was gutsy enough? But, but, it was eye-opening what happened in that playoff game. And and the slumps in that 2021 season on offense that Kansas City had, eye-opening to me. And I saw a lot of incredible Mahomes as well, including the divisional playoff game, including the game I was at. I took my sons to see the Chargers on Thursday Night Football in December where he walked them off with a Travis Kelsey overtime touchdown. He's still special. He's still in the conversation as uh, the best, if if not one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But I am in a little bit of a hold just because one, you know, mm. who skated a little bit, I thought, 
after that collapse on offense in the AFC title game? Andy Reid. And he's pretty Teflon. And now you take Well, and he's had a few of those. You take Tyreek out of the <laughs> equation. It doesn't mean it's doom and gloom, but I wonder if the league maybe has caught up a little bit to this Reed scheme. And I know he's always evolving, and that's what I think makes they did him last year. And now is the rebound. Now is the response. So let's that's sort see. of where I'm going. I'm a little in a I'm in a holding pattern. Like the I, I guess you're saying he's going to re- return if it's a rebound. He's like MVP yes. type that's, guy again. That's sort of why I want it because I I really believe this, and um, I really believe in the Chiefs, and I believe in Mahomes. Yeah, to get to that level, to be like not that it's not. Like we uh, forgot about him or anything, right. but that he stands apart. All right. Um, I want to uh, bring up someone that uh, we were in close quarters with recently, Mark Sessler, uh, this spring, in fact. And uh, we were actually. Where? In a way, we were his teacher. We stood up oh. in front of this man and others. And explained what it takes to be successful as a Mm. podcaster. And it was the NFL Broadcasting Boot Camp. And this individual sat there and didn't make a lot of eye contact or take many notes. And uh, sometimes appeared more interested in the phone than what we have to say. Maybe a little suspicious of you and I as as an entity. Now, um, I was gone, so I really, truly don't know who this, this is. Like, I um, don't know. And you could say, Zeuser, like, what, like, what are you doing here? Like, why are you taking shots at this individual <laughs> for not paying attention during our uh, presentation? I'm not. Because he's not focused on a broadcasting career. Mm. This man. Not yet. Not yet. This man, Darren Waller, is focused on kicking ass for the Las Vegas Raiders this fall and into winter. I think he is in a great spot after what was a sneaky, disappointing year for, I think, a guy that has, is as physically talented as any tight end in football. And uh, his season last year was weird. Very weird. He had 19 targets in week one, 10 for 105 and a touch. He had one touchdown the rest of the season and uh, was on about a 900-yard pace yardage-wise, which is still good. Uh, but for those of us that had you know, kind of put him into the Superstar Club the previous summer, for those of us that thought this guy had Hall of Fame-level talent, it was a step back. So now you have Darren Waller humbled a little bit, went through the broadcast boot camp, said, that's not for me, not now anyway. He has the best wide receiver in the world, arguably, now lining up. Commanding attention, and I think Darren Waller with Derek Carr is going to eat. I think he's going. To, you're going to see some regression, touchdown regression, double-digit touchdowns, a hundred catches. Yes, will his target share be down? Perhaps, but also all the double teams now being commanded by a true number one receiver. Darren Waller, huge rebound candidate, and, and our fantasy extravaganza is next week, by the way, and we have an incredible lineup of guests. Uh, I don't think this is the last time Waller comes up. Uh, and there is some connective tissue, Greggy, in this segment and fantasy talk. Waller is a huge guy in terms of big-time all-pro production this Would year. Would you be all right? I, I mean, I'm fine with the idea that he's rebounding. Um, but the Rebounding? Uh, rebounding. 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 I've always said it rebounding. that other way for some reason. I think I was taught that well, way. Well, you did live young... in Surrey for I think I was taught that way. But, um, I mean, yes. I, don't need, I don't need the numbers to be Titanic for me to think that he's 
stormed back in a certain way and helps the Raiders in a different situation than he did in the past where it was like him and Hunter Renfro on islands. There was no one else. Right. I think if you think I, I think it's a great pick because of Thank the you, coach. Rich. Because of Josh McDaniels partly. Didn't even mention Josh McDaniels. Thank you for bringing that, that up. Like there was a he was absent by the way for about two and a half weeks in training camp and no one was Totally sure why. Eventually, cool. they said it was a hamstring injury. Well, he was home, um, you know, doing the thing <laughs> where you, you broadcast a game and you sit there with a microphone yes. uh, practicing <laughs> announcing. Reflection. And, right. And McDaniel smiled when they sort of asked that he's working. So it might have been a quiet hold-in. He, he is in a contract year. Mm. Um, but they said it wasn't a hold-in. They said Did it was an injury. Did you just add contract year yes. on top of everything? Oh, boy. But I think Look if, you, out. if you think of what Josh McDaniels has done, and I think what Derek Carr can do well, getting guys open over the middle of the field, delivering the ball over the middle of the field. And I'll bring up a, another name who um, was the Mark's subject. Mark's just going to sit out the segment. Yeah, the subject so. of a very uncomfortable. No, 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 not that. A subject uh, who he reminds me of a little bit. And it was and it was a subject of another dark day in our work history. Mm-hmm. And that's Aaron Hernandez as a player. <laughs> it's just the, the truth. That was McDaniels and that was – the way that they can use two tight ends and they have a good blocker in, in Fabian Morrow and the way that Waller moves, he is very similar to me. And they, and McDaniels knew how to get the most out of that type of play. We're just That's one O.J. Simpson no, reference yeah, away just, from bad NFL guy. Bingo. You know, we're at the point like <laughs> it happened, but Look we out. can speak about, you know, what he was as a player. I did this a little differently, which I now feel embarrassed because every time we do a segment, I don't always understand what's happening. But also, we did not sit down and, you know, totally hammer it out. Then I went rogue. But I just did I did it from the perspective of the player. Right. So it's just a little narrative from, from the player. And here we go. Sure. Yeah, speaking of just going to be concerned uh, with what's the best for, for oh, right, him. Right, right. Let me guess there's a long, narrow, it's like, know, don't written con- down don't, gl- monologue. Don't connect me to that glory previous part of the show. I apologize. Most segments like funnel into a similar Sessler mode, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, Let's it's, go. it's also not too long, so it won't, it won't tax you, either of you too heavily. <laughs> this is just him uh, talking to us. I had no idea what this league would look like, feel like. Everyone was telling me, you're a home run. You've got this. It's going to be easy for you, sunshine. You're a star, it. baby. But it didn't feel like one last season. Not at all. My golden mane flows in the southern wind. But I found a strand of gray in there after last season. Mm. After seeing my coach kick a kicker. <laughs> after seeing my coach with a co-ed nestled in his lap while the rest of us flew home from Cincinnati. Oof, uh. We've got a new coach now, and I'm going to put him on the phone for you for a second to t- let him tell you something. Mm. Here he is. Then in parentheses, like, <laughs> like phone fumbling sounds. Yeah, sure. Hello? I just want to tell everyone something. So there's two guys here. <laughs> I'm no longer pissed off, Angelo. Oh. You've got Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson, both as rebound candidates. Oh, no. Mm. And I, get, I get that he was a rookie, and it's like well, it was a tough rookie season, but I think he was put into dark, dark circumstances. Had he gone to New England or somewhere else, his season would have looked real different. And so I think he's different than just the normal year one, year two rookie quarterback. I think this is the perhaps even safer than Patrick Mahomes. Um, not not a takedown of your pick. Sure. I, I, mean, it's I, want, I want to be right. It's a first partial down. takedown. I had it on my list too, um, it, but it's just too obvious. Unless everyone... <laughs> 
No, I don't mean it like that. Unless well, yes, you everyone, <laughs> it, look, I have it right here. I had Trevor all lined up as well. Okay. Unless everyone is wrong. Right. Like uh, the pre-draft process, all that game tape, all the people like the DJs uh, of the world uh, and Bucky Brooks is of the world. You know, they can't all be wrong about a guy that they were this sure about. Right. And then you saw you saw things even amidst all the chaos last year. You did see some of the light coming through at times. And I just think it makes so much sense for him in a functional uh, surroundings with better supporting cast to take a jump. Maybe not to Patrick Mahomes' second year in the league jump, but where it's like, yeah, we have our guy. I feel very confident about that. I do, but I would also say, I mean, I there were little sparkles last season. I actually, this is a small sample size, but his play against the in the preseason game was optimistic too. But until you see it, it with quarterbacks in general. You use the B word. What? We don't, we're not talking about anybody connected oh, with Well, that. against the opponent First. that he faced. But yes. I, until you see it, it's like I, I think people are expecting him to be a star. And, and we just don't know that yet. I, I think he's in an, uh, an environment where that's much more possible. Yeah, he, he, he's reportedly looked really good at practice too, um, for the most part, like improved a different player. Um, the question I just would have, and, and sometimes his accuracy goes up and down. I think that's the one concern. But you, you know, you can you can still be great if you're not the most accurate guy. I guess my question would be uh, to Mark, just like how did you envision this segment as being different than the off-season inner monologue segment which we did one month ago? <laughs> I didn't necessarily uh, view it as different. I mean, I thought we were. I'm Honestly, a, I wish I wish I had done it that way. I'm just that's making good. a pitch for. I, have, I also right. like. Uh, I mean, you know, if you went director's cut, I have like seven more of these. So like, oh wow. <laughs> That's good. All, All right, right, maybe I got to pivot here. Well, uh, you don't, you don't. All right, before we continue with our rebound talk, let's take a quick break. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, we're back. Do another one. Okay. Um, I, I will, because it's about the same. Um, I am a man who this podcast has made famous, even more famous. I'm a man who rises and falls based on the talent that's around me. Mm-hmm. I'm a man who at one point was leading the greatest show on turf since the greatest show on turf, the 2015 mm-hmm. Bengals, till that dastardly, dastard injury came up uh, back then and knocked out my potential MVP <laughs> season. Injury. And I've uh, <laughs> basically become a punchline uh, since. Uh, but you know what? 
I'm just landed in a perfect system for my skills, and that's a Pete Carmichael slash Sean Payton system where you get the ball out of your hands quickly. And, oh, by the way, some nice people around me. Alvin Kamara, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Marcus Calloway. That's pretty good. Do I want a quarterback like Jameis Winston who's coming off an injury and hurt and it's going to be up and down and who takes a while to make decisions? Or do I want a little uh, pea shooter in the backfield, a po- point guard like myself who's <laughs> just boo, 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 boo. Uh, that's what you want. Maybe I'm not starting week one, but at some point, Bloop. the Daltonissance is coming to New Orleans. <laughs> he's going to come in and he's going to have a moment. I'm coming in. The, I'm mo- having a the moment. most fascinating <laughs> aspect to this is that you're essentially um, demystifying Jameis Winston, who's another one of your fetish well, quarterbacks gonna, in the process of this. He's yeah. not going to start 17 games, first of all. James Why Winston. Why won't he start 14? Through whether he's already missed time in, in uh, camp. He's coming off a torn ACL. He's pretty At, durable before okay, the that's, ACL. That's absolutely fair. Um, he, How many games do you think Dalton's starting? He's an. I have no idea. He's an Wait, up and down. What the down, hell are you talking about? He's an up and down <laughs> player. I, I truly believe this, that Andy Dalton will play a – Maybe it'll be a supporting role or a guest starring role, but he will play a, a guest starring role of major significance. And I really do mm. believe, and I know I'm kind of basing this on practice reports where it's like, man, that offense, it just makes sense to me that he fits there. And then I think if he gets a chance, I think he could succeed and win a lot of ball games and have a little moment here. Andy I've Dalton. always been on this podcast historically the biggest Dalton supporter, but even I had kind of moved on uh, in the last year or so where it just became clear to me that he was what he was. He had peaked as a quarterback and was the uh, very, you know, backup, a good backup, but very much a backup. I, I like this idea that he has he's, another moment in him. He's 34. Wouldn't it be crazy if after all that time he finally get? I can just nice. sort of imagine it that he gets his first playoff win, not as a Bengal. But, like, on the road, he's supported by the number three defense and uh, a lot of talent. He was so good that 2015 season before he got hurt. I just just mean that he kind of fits to me. Jameis Winston is, like, putting on a weird suit that might not totally fit him. And he did an okay job of it last year, but it was, like, awkward. Can I just make one counterpoint here? That There wasn't a team that he was on where he came in um, and, and had to become the starter on an offense that was essentially loaded, <laughs> and it was the Dallas Cowboys. He started nine games, played in 11, threw 14 touchdowns over um, uh, nine-plus appearances and eight interceptions. I mean, that's a strong point that you just Yeah, made. that that Cowboys team stunk, right? What? No, I mean... J- I mean, I mean no, it, was, it was Mike McCarthy. What do you mean, stunk? It's a similar offense. I mean, uh, the, the team... Dak that- Prescott what, like, was on on pace to, like, break yardage records that season. The offensive line wait, wait, was wait, wait. Dalton played wait, was wait, collapsing, wait, wait, wait. but well, yes. The Cowboys were taking on serious water when Dak got hurt. I, I'm just saying uh, oh, that was de- not a good the Cowboys defense, team. The yeah. defense was a disaster. The and offense that puts was the not offense a, in a bad spot it as does, well. But, but it's all it's connected. It's not a terrible place for a quarterback to produce no, numbers. No, no, no. Also, like, have you guys ever seen the Twitter clips of like Dalton dunking? I mean, if someone's going to get a rebound, a rebound, well, that's Dalton. Like he's an athlete. Put him on the court. I also think also he he looked <laughs> extremely nerdy in the past, and his haircut over the last calendar year has him looking, um, I would say, like about as attractive. You just want to maximize your own looks. I he did, looks about as attractive I, as he possibly maybe could. Maybe it's partly what happened the last two seasons with uh, 
the Saints where they've had like three different starters that I just expect that it'll be a combo platter I, and that there's not going to be much difference and that there's a, a legitimate chance Andy Dalton is the better quarterback for them. But wait, that Dalton 2020 relief effort, which included 11 starts, they went six and five with him. And he threw 14 touchdowns against eight interceptions. He had multiple Pedestrian. games. Pedestrian. No, I mean – his he was up and he down, had multiple but he had some good, good performances. I, he was good. All, all I'm and saying is sandwiched like, around a COVID nineteen list visit. All I'm saying is we're games. talking about an explosion in the Saints offense with Andy Dalton. I don't. I don't. I think he's gonna. He could do the same. Well, you thing know he my did there. feelings about the Saints. There's a little too much of gassing up of the Saints right now. Like, I think my team slogan of the Saints was. They're going to be awesome as long as four things go right. <laughs> and if Winston doesn't get it done. And you need Dalton to be the guy. I don't You're know. already but, in trouble. And by the way, he was point. four and five as a starter with what that Dallas team. It, he participated in two other games in a relief effort where, like, they. I stand by statistically that he was very good for a guy coming off the bench. He had multiple games over with 100 passer Rich, rating. You're calling him a backup, though. I, agree. I like I like to take the step back. It's good and backup. And just sort of I see, agree with that. Yeah. see, like, the whole arc of a career. And I just can see this as being like his. Dana Mont, you know, this is the Dalton Well, he's thrown over 25 touchdowns twice this in is what, 11 seasons or whatever it is, 12 This seasons. is like the point where everyone stopped making fun of him and everyone can just kind of appreciate good for him. This Greg is, is not listening to anyone else. No. He's just barreling through with this absurdity. <laughs> this is what so. Greg's thinking of with Andy Dalton. Last time he, he played meaningful snaps, week 15, Division game against the Eagles, a 37-17 Cowboys win, 22-30, three touchdowns, a pick, 134.7, passer rating, averaging 12.5 yards in attempt. Is that still in him? Why not? Is, not it in, is it in him 14 games in a row? I guess he's going to have one game like that, but then we're, mm. now we're, we're hen- He's on the rebound. How about huh? even last he's year? He's on the rebound. Case closed. Re- rebound. How about last From year, what? that stirring comeback against Seattle? Oh, you missed that one? Oh, it was, it was exciting. Oh, 29-3. to three Oh, last year when he started six games and threw eight <laughs> I mean, touchdowns the, and nine picks? It was the, it was the I have, Bears. All right, Bears. I'll have one more. Um, I have a philosophical disconnect as a host of the show with um, competing agencies for what the segment's about, so I'm going to stick to the initial plan, which is I'm going to describe this player. I think that's good. Go for it. Um this is I didn't intentionally like go my own way. I just didn't know what we were doing. Well, that could be I could have sought that out could be I could, debated. I could have I sought out more guidance on that front. That's that's another way to, you know, to look at that. I, that could be debated, but we love your your spirit, Mark. I like this guy's spirit because we we've spoken with him multiple times. Um and if you're looking for a guy who's going to rebound case closed, <laughs> look no further than the guy that gets to line up Opposite the Super Bowl MVP, who's catching passes from a suddenly on the bubble Hall of Famer for the defending champions. Yes, I'm going to tell you, Allen Robinson, I'm going to pound the table again. I don't know if Allen Robinson was trying last year with mm. the Bears. I'm not going to challenge that. I wasn't close. I, w- I didn't have boots on the ground at, at Bears headquarters to tell you that he was, uh, you know, just going through the motions in his final year. But there were people that did have boots on the ground that got the vibe that Allen Robinson was sick of it. He was sick of being a bear and what that meant. And can you really blame him, especially when they made that terrible decision to give Nagy one more year? So now fresh start with, Arguably the best offensive mind in football. Um, if Allen Robinson stays healthy, this is going to be one of those seasons. I'm not, 
I'm not saying it's going to be Randy Moss's first year with the Patriots, but it's going to be in that kind of realm of Mm. the guy that's a stud. Moss is a Hall of Famer, different category, but a really super talented all-pro level player who is completely revitalized on a good team and a well-run organization playing with other great players. And it wouldn't stun me if Allen Robs ended up with a better final statistical line in 2022 than even Cooper Cup. Whoa. No, it wouldn't. Because hmm. Cup, I think, that's no disrespect to Cup, but very rarely does a player put up a historically great season and then do it again. Cup is probably going to come down closer to what he was before. Um, and then Robinson is going to pick up some of that. I think he's going to be a monster rebounding from a brutal final year in Chicago. I think you want to be right about these. And so I would say initially I would say that that was safe because I had it's him safe. too. I had him he had too. 400 yards last year. Right. And so he's clearly and also he's going to triple that. But you're, to say that he, he's going to oh, yeah. surpass Cooper Cup, that took it to a new level. And I, I think that's a rebound you're out there on a ledge. And I like that. He's going to see more, the round bound of rebound, more single coverage this year <laughs> than he ever has in his life. Right. With an actual quarterback he's, who also went through gonna, like three he, Vietnam. Do you know how many you know? times like he's just been out there by himself for half the game uh, in his career? You know who is, I think is the only receiver? And Darnell Mooney came on strong, but they weren't really great at the same time. Like the only receiver he ever had with in Jacksonville that would get a thousand with him was Alan Hearns. Like he's always been the guy. And now he's in this scheme with Cooper Cup. It's that's it's a nice spot. Is there a more... 90s sports nickname than the round mound of rebound. It's pretty great. Let's it's, ask. It's, let's ask a millennial, Justin. Who is that? You know, I don't Google. To... Don't. Yeah, look at. His I mean, you don't need to. You were betrayed by your own producer, Cam. No, I was looking for that sound. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Rodman. Okay. I mean, is, does he strike you as a round man? Not really, but he Charles was, Barkley. Sir uh, Charles, also known as. That, that one makes more sense. The round mound of rebound. Rebound. <laughs> All right, one more, Mark. All right, so, I mean, I, the, when we were discussing in the studio here after the show yesterday, I did ask if it, we could go someone who's non-player, but in the orbit of the NFL. Sure, sure, Okay, sure. yes, you said yes, so I hope just so you remember that. Um <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to attempt to do a voice here, which could be a disaster. Now suddenly he's worried well, about yeah, now playing. He's, uh, now he's yeah. playing by the rules. He's like coloring in the line. No, I'm just remember, <laughs> I want you to remember that that's that was said. Um, I'm going to attempt to do a voice, which I'm not good at. So, but I, I think it needs it needs this. So here we go. <laughs> I will get my way soon enough. My plan was foiled, <laughs> but I will rebound to achieve my goals. <laughs> I am goal oriented ever since girlhood. A woman can detect things no man can. I can feel the earth's vibration. <laughs> also the energy of a man, my special man. I sense that he is worn down. I see him staring out windows, walking alone beside the brook. We had come up with a plan. What accent is this? I don't know. I would support <laughs> him now. You understand when you we say, I would support him now as I am a powerfully entity worth over 400 million US dollars. But he went his own way, so I had to do what I did. Conk him out with a tincture of high-octane sleeping pills and tie him up in the subterranean living room of our second guest house. The team has no idea where he is. Don't fret. He is absolutely fine in sticking to his diet. We are a vegan family. 
but we are no longer a football family. If Giselle has anything to say, <laughs> I am Giselle Bunchen, and we, I will get That's my way. Good. I will rebound. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know if you could stick the landing there, but yeah, you did, you it. You did it. it. You that, did it. My favorite uh, Giselle quote will always be, my husband can throw the ball and catch it too. <laughs> Poor who was it? Who got who, Wes Welker? Who took the hammer on that one? Was it Welker? I think so. Um, so the the theory here, the Bucks don't know where he is, and they're just trying to they're trying to PR that softly, and that's why oh he'll uh, be back in theory now, two weeks from now. I, what I love about this is I'm guessing you wrote that Giselle wrote this before uh, Thursday's Todd Bowles press conference. It was probably sure. not it watching was. that. Um, he did answer uh, an interesting question today on his return. When will Tom Brady return? It's a fair question. He said, we'll see. We'll talk about it next week. So at some point, he said they'll be back after the Titans. Uh, he said, we're going to play the Titans, play a game sometime after Tennessee. No definitive date for me. We'll keep in touch, and then we'll find out. It's just interesting. It's strange. I mean, he did say the whole thing was pre-planned, but they don't have a pre-planned return. Just, it's just interesting. Well, just come, like a, come from the angle that they yeah. actually don't know where he is. Like then, it would a lot of stuff starts to make just, sense. Um, just remember, I told you Tom Brady wasn't retiring, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you again, Tom Brady's not retiring. I well, he hasn't retired. He's, I mean, if I was putting, he will resurface. This shout out, thank you, Paul Rudd. He will resurface, and he will be on the field for Week One. I believe it was our. It made the finals of our tournament. Cowboys, Bucks. If it's Kyle Jero Trask uh, starting. <laughs> I'm not a, that's going, that was, that's going way out first let, round. Let me use some, um, I hope Tom Brady's back and I hope everything's I assume, good behind I the scenes for Tom. Uh, and there's nothing uh, untoward or unfortunate going on in Mr. Brady's life, but we'll see him week one. There, there is, I, I, well, I even go down this road, I guess, but there is that like, you know, it happens sometimes the guy who retires and then comes to the training camp and then it's like, eh, yeah, maybe not. Does that strike it, you as it Tom Brady? Mm. No, but it, it it does happen with what more. What if Tom players. Brady thought that, that inside he he wasn't sure he he was the same Tom Brady? That was Greg agreeing with his own point. Oh yeah. What? Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's good. I love a good Greg. Mm. You know, to use a uh, to use football parlance, uh, Greg. I what Mark does with some of these segments sometimes, it's like the defensive and who freelances. Right. And the coaching staff's like, man. He's kind of out for you know his own thing a little bit, but you know sometimes it makes plays that makes the team better, and and so we got to live with it. But we'd like mm. if he, you know played within the rules and wasn't freelancing so <laughs> right. Often. I wasn't angling to freelance. I just I didn't it's a, know. It's a great know. one. Yeah. Like it it can go both ways. Sometimes it turns into yeah like a, a yeah like trust trust the stars Lawrence, instincts. Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. You know. Some, Aaron Donald's been known to freelance. I don't mind those comparisons. Right. right. But sometimes it turns into like a Jalen Smith situation with the right. Cowboys last year and and then you have to make a change. Well, I think we could leave <laughs> just, it there. But it, as long as you brought the heat ultimately yeah. Giselle did it. That sounds so like a lot more free time if that you make sounds, a change. Right. You got to like, the quarterback in this case, but there are other right. times where you leave the gap open. Right. Well, that's what you get. And there goes Jonathan Taylor. He's a top ten football insider. Sassy. You gotta you take you take the good with the unexpected with Mark. Sassy really needs to catch on more. <laughs> um I last thing, since we're talking about Mark and we talked about that team in the first half of the show. I had my doubts initially about your ability to disconnect, but God are they making it easy for fans to not get back in. Yeah, I don't even feel tempted. 
I mean, I just kind of like I. I'm over Maybe it. the true test is you know if they're six and five and then they reel off. Not you, but like, yeah. do they are they going to recapture a lot of the disenfranchised fans? You know, I would. I'm Greg. I know you're hearing from them when you whenever you mention the Browns, but I like have had a couple Browns tweets here and there, and I've been critical. And I, I really think that a lot, the most of the fans drew that line in the sand a long time ago, and they've either completely dug in on the narrative of why they root for the team over the particulars of the team, and others just have gone away. And I don't, I don't know if they're coming. Will, will those people come back? That's maybe the, more the answer. It's if they too bad, though. Team. I mean, it, it is unfortunate. I, I, you know, understand where you're coming from, and and respect that. But it's too bad you've had this relationship with the team um, as a fan uh, through all these years. Like, you it's know, like, like if they're four and one with Jacoby Brissett and like the number three ranked defense in the league, the number one ranked rushing attack in the league. And Brissett's like just doing his thing where he holds the ball forever and they win the, each game 1917. Like that team Browns fans are going to love. And it's just going to be, it's just, going to be strange for you either way, I think, on Sunday. There is one other option, and this, I tabled this uh, maybe last week, but now I'll bring it up since it feels like the right time. Mark, God willing, you're around a long time. You'll probably outlast the quarterback, management, ownership. Is it possible that In the NFL, you're saying. Mark Sessler is on a break. And maybe when things are different, you return to the Browns, but this is not the Browns that you want to be associated with at this time in your life. Is that a possibility? Yeah, I think that's because then you're... you're we were on a break, yeah. friends. You're disassociating everything from this to a new Browns team, yeah. But I also say this is a weird thing because I think it's like, oh, once you're a fan of a team, you've got to stay with them forever, and that's what I thought I would do. It feels um, strangely free and freeing to not have the Browns thing as part of my life. Mm. I don't. I thought I would be. But it also defined the mark. But I, I don't know, want it to define it me. That's the thing. Part of who you were, and it was a, a thing that you loved as much as anything in the world. That that's got to be tough to to lose that part. But what I'm saying actually is what surprised me is it's the opposite. It feels mm. great to not. It was this thing going back to middle school of my life, and it's like it's 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 gone. And I kind of think you just start to. Recreate. Well, I hope your journey, wherever it takes you, is you you are in a good place. Right. It's well, TBD on you, that. You but. are gonna you are gonna um, <laughs> you are gonna outlast them all. Mark's gonna outlast everyone. It's not gonna be until maybe the year twenty eighty one where it says, "Here lies Sessi." When does Mark die? Yes. <laughs> Next show. Here lies Sessi, fan of the Browns until twenty twenty two. Until he wasn't. All right, that's it for this week. Big week next week. We're getting closer. In fact, today is, I think we're, damn, three weeks away as of today from the kickoff um, of Bill's Rams. So uh, next week will be our, this is unbelievable to even say this, but it is our 38th annual fantasy extravaganza <sighs> next week with a whole slew of special guests from across the fantasy spectrum, both inside our building and out next Wednesday. Um, lots of fun stuff coming up, but that is always one of my favorite shows of the year. And also one, as a fantasy competitor myself, that I, I feel like I glean a lot from 
and it makes me a better player. So I have reasons for enjoying that episode as well. 38. I mean, it is crazy. I mean, I'm trying to remember when we did that in 1986. Mm. Um, I mean, we were different people then, too. You took you reached for Kozar, I remember. I mean, it was done on paper and pen back then. It was very it was a totally strange scenario. All right. That's it. Let's go. Ironically enough, this is the second straight 38th annual. Well, all right. That's fine. <laughs> well, it looks like we'll have to change it to 46. <laughs> All right, the 46th annual Fantasy Extravaganza next week, uh, as well as two other brand new shows and the Hard Knocks recap of Episode 3 with Connie Fox and myself. So a lot of great ATN content coming your way. But until then, enjoy your weekend. There's a lot of ugliness in the world. Shut it out. Let in the light. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Case closed. (laughs) Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.